0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a rabbi's father, Christian, from St. Mary's Episcopal Church in sunny Stewart, Florida, humid Stuart, Florida. And uh, next to me is uh, the dapper Rabbi Durbin looking so good, even though he's in the midst of a crazy season. Um, he's in the time of the, the, the big dance. Um, what, you you have what it's this is called the Festival of Days right now.
1: So we call them the Yemim Nora'im, the Days of Awe. The days
0: of Yom all, Yom okay. So the days of all are happening right now. So if you're a prayer person, pray for uh, your rabbi, but especially Rabbi Durbin because he is writing sermons, he's preparing liturgy, and he's also doing in this in a hybrid world. So preparing for a digital community and an online community today. What the heck is Yom Kippur? Yom Kippur for dummies today. But that's not all. We're going to say why does Jesus? Um, will Jesus? Uh, observed Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah as well, Passover. Why don't Christians, why don't Christians do that? Our wonderful rabbi here, Rabbi Durbin is, is perplexed and is going to take me to task on that. Hopefully I can give him an answer that is sufficient. If not, we have another 300 episodes to figure that one out. Okay, my friends, uh, please, if you ever want to support this show, this podcast, you can always email us at a priest and a rabbi podcast at com a priest and a rabbi podcast at gmail.com um, and uh, it will help this interfaith work um, continue so this is all fully supported by listeners we don't get paid by the radio station uh, we have people from the temple and from saint mary's church who are, really believe in this interfaith work um, and they are the ones who are supporting this so if you want to join that and also get a commercial on our podcast that can happen as well all right we're going to get ready to roll god bless you and enjoy the show From on this show, do not represent WSTU, since they probably regretted over allowing the show on the air in the first place. Nor do they represent Temple Beth or St. Mary's Episcopal Church, since they also wonder what the heck they did when they called these two men to lead their respective congregations. On that note, sit back, relax, grab your Bible or a Torah, and enjoy another episode of A Priest and a Rabbi. Good morning, everyone. To a priest and a rabbi, this is Father Christian here in Stewart, Florida, and from St. Mary's Episcopal Church. Next to me is a man who is over his head in work right now because this is his Easter, this is his Christmas, this is him as being the 44-year-old Tom Brady entering a season of a of, a, of another championship run. But to me, he's Rabbi Durbin. Rabbi Durbin, uh, you're the the best half of the show. How are you holding up? My wife said she saw you the other day and she's like, man, you can tell he's in his Super Bowl season over there um, at the temple.
1: Um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, and it was, uh, I, I do have to say, it was a huge pleasure to see your wife uh, yesterday. Um, I was actually coming back from uh, performing a funeral and uh, went back to the office to do a little bit of work for, as, as you know, as you rightfully said, look, Yom Kippur is coming up next, next Wednesday evening and next Thursday. Uh, but it was great to see your son um, in his in his in his element and just being joyful. Refused to give me a fist bump, but that's cool. We got all year to work on that. But, please, um,
0: please, please help him out with that. He's good with the high five. The fist bump is still something he's getting into his uh, into his DNA. Um, so uh, let me ask you a question here. That the uh, uh, what we will be talking about today is Yom Kippur. Last week we talked about uh, Rosh Hashanah, and uh, um, this is really kind of a, a A radio show today that's like a, a Yom Kippur for dummies, me being the dummy, surprise, surprise. And then learning though, since we are an interfaith show, what can Christians learn from it? Or why don't Christians observe it? Because Jesus, we worship a Jew. Um, Jesus, the son of God, was, was, was Jewish. Um, and so why don't we follow w- what's going on? So we'll talk about what the Bible says about that. Um, and then what's the Christian? Is there a Christian version of this? So let's get back to to you, uh, Rabbi Durbin. I was reading um, a website um, that uh, called Jew Belong. I don't know if you're familiar with this one. Uh, I asked him to be on the show for next week. Um, we'll see if he responds. But it's good for a a, a dummy like me because he really lays it out. And so, I'm, A, I'm curious to know what you think of that because we can give that to our listeners if they want to learn more about Judaism. Uh, but he was saying for people, and it sounds like he's really speaking to more of a postmodern seeker, people who maybe are not really deep in their faith yet. They're just starting their journey. And he says that, you know, Yom Kippur is a great time to come because they're rabbis are putting in, this is their big, big sermon. They've been putting in so much time and energy into it. This is one you don't want to miss. Um, so would you, would you agree with that, that? The sermon you're preparing is, is gets special treatment or is it just like the same kind of treatment you bring to any other sermon?
1: No. So, and, and, and look, I, I think it's a great, it's a great way to start is, is I tend to put in a lot of myself, a lot of my energy, a lot of uh, thought into my week-to-week sermons that I give on every Shabbat. Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, and especially Yom Kippur, I spend a lot more time. I mean, I I start thinking about themes and what I want to talk about. You know, look, we're coming up to it in September, right? We're in September now. I, I began, started thinking about this in June um and really wow wait in june in june um and most rabbis most rabbis do the same thing and and look it's it's i'm not saying we i i I started writing it in june but i started thinking what do i want to say how do i want to say it what would i like to communicate to the community because it's 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 not like i write a sermon and then it's suddenly like you know what control p we're done i guess i've got all this time on my hands it's constantly going back and thinking to myself, what is the main message and what would I like to communicate to the community? Mm. Um, You know, and, and, and I think that, you know, part of the stress or I should say part of the challenge with it is that Yom Kippur, like very few Jewish holidays are extremely well attended. It's not Shabbat. This is, if you look at a Jewish calendar, some of the holidays that are most widely observed, whether they whether whether we we uh, attend synagogue or not, would be Yom Kippur, certainly Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Passover, right? Two really definitive moments in Jewish history, and throughout our our ex- Jewish experience, that really, really, really have a great impact. Yom Kippur is. Um, it is, it is a really challenging and difficult time, right? Um, to go back, as you said, let's define it. What is Yom Kippur, right? Yom Kippur means Yom, the day of repentance, right? And we've said Rosh Hashanah starts on the Hebrew month of Tishrei, the first of Tishrei. So that would be the evening of Rosh Hashanah, which occurred on Labor Day Monday, Monday evening and 10 days from that moment will lead to Yom Kippur. So as you asked, where are we in our season right now? Well, right now we're in the what we call the 10 days of repentance. These are really the 10 days that if I have harmed you, if I have harmed myself, if I have if I have um if I have harmed God in any way that I am here to ask and to beg forgiveness. So it really is a um it is a spiritual time. It is a cathartic time. It's also a really difficult time for many. Because for many, I think that, and I'm sure you probably experienced this with your community when it comes to certain, you know, festive holidays that you celebrate, is that when we celebrate these holidays, not only is it the major themes that emerge out of the holiday, like Yom Kippur, repentance, forgiveness, right? Sin, transgression, Right. But I think it also conjures up these feelings of our youth and the people to whom we remember, right? Our grandparents, maybe our own parents, maybe friends who maybe, unfortunately, this year are not with us. And I think that that becomes, you know, Yom Kippur is, 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 look, we say that Yom Kippur is treated like a Shabbat in terms of there is a full and utter cessation of work. You are not to work. You're also supposed to, as we learn in our liturgy, as one of our prophets most famously proclaimed, that, you know, to fast. We fast for 25 hours on Yom Kippur, right? So we break at sunset, um, right, on the day of Yom Kippur, going into that evening. Um, So for 25 hours, we're devoid of food. Right, and I think that sometimes the 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 emotion and the spirituality of the holiday of Yom Kippur, you feel it when you're sitting in those pews, or I should say, in our case, in our movie theater seats in our in our sanctuary, you feel it because you're hungry and you're tired. And I think that there's something there that when we are hungry, when we are exhausted, right? It's all day uh, our our services. Right. And I think that that's really the proper time when we really do reflect on what we are and what we wish to become, what we want to get rid of and what we want to enhance and 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 bring to this new world, especially uh, on the day of Yom Kippur.
0: OK, so it, what's, let's let's rewind a little bit. And before we even got to this moment, it was Rosh Hashanah. So it's the new year. It's a big deal. It's a big celebration. But leading up to Rosh Hashanah, there was a month Elud, right? Where Elul. Elul, thank you. Which was also a time of discernment and reflection. Also reflection on just where we missed the mark. Is that okay to say that? Okay, <clears throat> so missed the mark. So then you get to Rosh Hashanah and it's, it's it's, a, it's to me it seems, it's an interesting curveball where it's all like the new, when we do New Year's in the Western calendars, it's like now it's all uh, joyful get into it a new day a new life and you kind of did the repentance before that day like this is what I missed the mark before now it's all new but for in the Jewish calendar you're saying you hit that moment you've had this preparation of discernment and now you're going to get into the the way that you start the new year is 10 days of super deep discernment and now you're actually going to repent because the book the book of life is going to close for the year right? On Yom Kippur. So these 10 days allow you to say, okay, last chance to get it in there. Um, who do you need to phone? Who, what conversation you need to have with God? Because this book of life is going to close for the year. And you want to be in that. I mean, I, I like those stakes. I think we all need those stakes to say, people are like, oh, wow, that's really judgmental kind of, right? Well, that's good. I think it gets us off our butt, but it's, it's just, an, it's, a, it's an interesting way to start where I would expect that to happen before uh, the new year. But this is how you stream zero and then you just go up
1: <laughs> but i think i think i think what we're really is that that Lul leading up to rosh hashanah is the time where we are supposed to really check in right it's a checking in of our soul where are we right so it's it's almost as if i'm taking these 30 days during the month of Elul, and i'm really introspectively looking at who i am those 10 days between rosh hashanah and yom kippur is the action towards the preparation
0: now, how does your liturgy, Jenna, the liturgy for the, taking the action, does? So, when you get into Yom Kippur, which starts in five days, is it okay? So, when when it starts, so when you get to Yom Kippur, are there things that you do within the temple that help people to, to or or during these ten days to activate? um or is that more something that's happens like offline that you do on your own that uh you can and and if someone came to you and say rabbi i really want to do this but i need some help and some structure does the liturgy help with that or is that something that you kind of you have a reflection book or a journal or prayers you say well,
1: i mean look look in, in some semblance what you're saying is a all of the above right i mean i think i think in some way it is it is very personal right because You know, we're talking about three separate entities that we're looking at um, our actions, our behavior for ourselves, right? If I harm myself, if I've put great expectation, maybe I haven't followed with whatever, whatever, whatever for the course of the year. It's also about if I have harmed others knowingly or unknowingly. And our liturgy does support that because we say, forgive me, God, for the sin that I've committed knowingly or unknowingly. And in some way it's it's in some way it's generic that it allows for interpretation. And in others, it may say, right, forgive me God for the sin of uh being dishonest in my work. Forgive me God of being um uh short-tempered. Uh forgive me God for, you know, when, when we call these vidui confession, right? We have the what we call the short confession, which is uh, uh as we discussed last week, right, that ability for us to beat our chests with each sin forgive me god for the sin of being violent forgive me god if i have missed the mark
0: this is during rosh hashanah this is the new this is the lul
1: so no this is rosh hashanah and yom kippur okay okay but the liturgy i think as you asked the liturgy helps us center ourselves on where we where we are currently and i think where we want or wish or desire to be right The, the aim of the holidays is to transform right when you think about Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, we are in moments of liminality, right? We are. Ooh,
0: I like that moments of liminality. That's nice. Is are you gonna put that in your sermon?
1: I, I spoke about transitions and moments of liminality on Rosh Hashanah.
0: Are you transitioning?
1: Transitioning.
0: Bad joke. Okay, keep on going.
1: <laughs> I just want to add some
0: levity. Just want to add some levity. Okay.
1: Four of my colleagues said the same thing. Um, um, but it, it's this transitional moment right we stand there and say and in some way it's it's the the biggest the biggest theme that we can really acknowledge is humility yes right i'm sorry i'm sorry if i've done this right part of it is also acknowledging for yourself where you've missed the mark and sometimes yeah it is painful because there's a part that says i'm embarrassed or you know i mean i'll speak personally You know, I'm embarrassed for sometimes I may be short with my family, right?
0: But you are, you're like five, six.
1: Yeah, I'm five, five, seven.
0: Okay. So do you, okay, so let's use this as an example. Do you then, is your next step then to go to each daughter separately and your wife and to have a moment with them and to ask for their forgiveness?
1: So what I've recently done, and I think this is a great conversation because it it actually shows a little personal lesson how we actually move or go forward is I actually have taken the time over the last week um, individually to each of my kids to say, I'm sorry. And you know, my kids, my kids are kids, right? right? They're, they're 10, they're eight, they're five. Um, and you know, my, my 10 year old will say, don't worry about it. That. And I go, no, 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 I am worried about it. I'm sorry. And I want you to listen to my words. Hmm. I'm sorry. If I've been short tempered with you, hmm. I'm sorry. Because it's, 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 it's not what I want. And I will try as best I can to be, to be more present and to be more tempered in some way over the next year. Hmm. And, but what I also do say to my kids is, I also need your help. I need your help in when I am saying something. Because I, I firmly believe it's not what I say, it's how I say it. And that, at least for me, over the last few months, I've recognized within myself that it's not what I'm saying to my kids. It's the tone in which I'm saying it. Mm -hmm. And they receive it in a different way. And when they throw it back to me, almost as if my eyes have been opened.
0: Now, what do you mean throw it back to you? What does that mean?
1: Well, you know, if my kids were to say, you know, dad, you know. Um, you asked us to do something, we're doing it right now. You know, you don't need to, to be overly expressive in your language. We heard you. We heard you the first time. Well, I have a pattern with my kids. They may not listen the first, the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth time. So I get a little frustrated. So hearing my kids say it back to me of, you know, we're trying here. Please, dad, please don't get angry, right? And a part of me that has to take that step back and say, they're right, right? I think that we have so many stressors and so much expectation on our shoulders, professionally, personally, right, spiritually, that I think we, 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 we need to see that from a different angle and a different bird's eye view of, of our own behavior. Because that, that for me, that's what the holiday is about. It's about my behavior. It's about my actions. It's about my humility. I'm not the only person in this world the world does not center around me. The world centers around us. The world revolves around humanity and its need and its desire in order for us to move and progress to a society that we all want to fit in. We all want to be part of.
0: All right. So when you model this to your kids and you actually live it out, do you see a a change in their own behavior? Will they, or do you have to ask them to return and maybe not to you, but for them to practice of seeking forgiveness from others? And I'm sure it's very powerful then to see their dad doing it, not only doing it, but doing it to them. Um, have, have you gotten any uh, reflection back or heard them practicing um, these uh, their their journey through Yom Kippur?
1: You know, it, 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 it's hard because my kids are so young. Um, although my oldest, I think, is at the age now where she is able to experience and view the world differently. You know, there's a a, a very powerful message that is given as we start our services on Rosh Hashanah. And, uh, you know, we stand before an open ark, and the service leader, generally the rabbi, says the words, ni, here I stand. I stand before my community and I offer my prayers of supplications, and I say to my community, and I say to God, I sin before my community and forgive me. Do not hold my community accountable for my sins. Forgive me if I have been, you know, X, Y, and Z. And it's a very powerful message that we stand before this ark by saying, I stand here today humbled before God, recognizing and acknowledging my missteps and my misdeeds. It's not often that we get to acknowledge our own failure. And I don't think it's a failure. I really don't. And I actually struggle with saying that word because I think that uh, there are times that we need, and I stress this, we need to fail in order for us to be able to understand where we have, to use the terminology you said, right, with Yom Kippur, where we've missed the mark. Where have I veered? Where have I lost sight of the bigger picture? Okay, but
0: hold up. But there's, it's not the the failure though. We will say that in, in this you now this is where I want the biblical backing. So I think we're living in Leviticus here, right? Is isn't there the there there the stakes are high though during this time because the book of life will be closing. And when the book of life, can you explain that to to our listeners? What what does that actually mean? Because Christianity, uh, this is where a lot of things you're saying, I can see the correlation with Christian practices with Lent and with other penitential seasons. Uh, But the part of the book of life closing annually, not just once, but annually, explain what that means and why these 10 days are super important and what happens on the 10th day if you don't get it all in.
1: So, um, look, it's a great question. There is a lot of mystery shrouded in in its understanding, but we're told in some way, look, that there are two books that are open uh, between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, the book of life and the book of death. We are judged. We are judged by God on our actions and our merits that we perform in this lifetime, okay? If we repent and we truly try and teshuvah, have repentance and turn or return in some way, God says, may you be written in the book of life. May you be sealed for a good life this year. Look, if you're miserable and if, you've, if you haven't if you have changed, God effectively says your words uh, mean nothing. Your but words- it doesn't
0: mean you're going to, this is not like a, you're going to shield or you're going to hell. It just means you're going to create a hell-like environment, if I put it in Christian terms. You have a choice to choose, heaven or hell for your the life this year? Do you want to be a reflector of, of, of the goodness that God has put upon you and be a true reflection of his image as in Genesis 1? Or do you just want to continue on being a jerk, uh, self-hatred, practicing self-hatred and treating others like you don't love them? Then you're, you're not entering the book of life. You're entering the book of death and it's going to be a rough year. Um, is, is that what it gets to? Or is it, or is it deeper than that saying, uh, I'm not sure about your afterlife. <laughs> I'm not sure God is on your side.
1: Well, I mean, I, th- I think there's a lot. There's a lot written into the book of death, which is to say that you know maybe my actions were not, may- maybe I didn't learn, maybe I didn't change, maybe I'm still the same as I was last year, and God effectively says, look, you you, you know, if you haven't changed, what's the point? You missed the mark. <laughs> yeah. You haven't changed, yeah. right? And 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 you know, we joke, we joke, and we and we and we you know maybe use snide comments in some way. By saying, look, if I yell at Father Anderson a thousand times this year, and next year it's only 999, well, that one that one time is called change. It's called reflection. It's called the ability to stop and pause before we get to where it could go or where it wants to go.
0: So what is so now during this time? Obviously, Shabbat is preparing people through the month of Yolul, uh, and people are showing up. Um, it's people, when do they start hitting the temple hard? Do you start, are you currently having services every day, or is it really just the day of of, of Yom Kippur? And is that one day, or do you get a couple of days?
1: No, so, uh, and that's a great question, because Rosh Hashanah is a little bit different, right? Rosh Hashanah is one day. okay. However, back in ancient biblical times, when time did not know when to come in and people didn't know when to celebrate the holiday, we know in the diaspora, and again, diaspora meaning outside of the land, we, our tradition has been to add an extra day, right? But think about it. If we're adding the extra day, we know when Yom Kippur comes in, right? It's no surprise. We know it is the 10th of Tishrei, always the 10th of Tishrei. Yom Kippur is one full day starting in the evening going all the way to the next evening in and of itself generally as we would uh, refer as a 25 hour right uh uh moment uh in in in, in our calendar but yom kippur is one day
0: all right and, so um now the next step is uh, wh- how does this correlate to since you're on a program called a priest and a rabbi how does this correlate to 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 the christian faith and the christian walk since we know the majority of it is based off of uh, judaism so what what does this mean and do christians why don't christians uh, observe uh yom kippur so we're gonna get into we, last week if you missed the episode you can always go on our podcast so you just go to a priest and a rabbi.podbean.com or just google a priest and a rabbi and we're on all the platforms um in that episode rabbi derby talks a lot about rosh hashanah and and then we get into it's what is it why don't christians celebrate rosh hashanah it was great looking at the comments on that on, on um i think on facebook and on our website people there was some christians there say wow i really love this and i really it's kind of sad that we don't practice this in the church um so but we're going to first take a break so rabbi can catch a breath and we're going to come back and then we're going to jump into the correlation with the christian faith and then what does it mean for you at this time, as, as Rabbi said, uh, what do you need to leave behind in this next year uh, that we all have a choice to choose death and to choose life? What are you choosing this year? And what do you have the courage to, to stand and say, I am going to lay down this sin or this misgiving and move forward in a new direction to be a more loving human being of my neighbor and of God. All right, this is a priest and a rabbi. We'll see you in just a few. Hey, everyone, it's Evan Nine, producer of A Priest and a Rabbi. Thank you for tuning in and being part of this community. We love developing new partnerships with this podcast to help further the interfaith movement. To join us, please email Father Christian at your favorite Christian at gmail.com. You can have an advertisement right here on this podcast, which is currently heard across the USA and in 34 other countries. Thanks for being here, and do not forget to subscribe on whichever podcast platform you're listening from. Now back to A Priest and a Rabbi. Welcome back to the award-winning Priest and a Rabbi radio show with Father Christian and Rabbi Durbin. Let's get ready for the second half of the show. All right. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is uh, father Christian from St. Mary's Episcopal Church here in Stewart, Florida. And next to me is uh, the busiest man in Martin County right now. It is our own rabbi. Who serves uh, martin county rabbi matthew derber from temple Beth hayam uh and we have been talking about yom kippur and maybe you're not familiar with yom kippur uh, but jesus was and jesus was definitely very familiar with it and there is uh there, there's there's uh references to obviously jesus would have been well let, let me ask you rabbi first century palestine um in the western calendar first century palestine were those jews observing yom kippur absolutely Okay. Right. Because I mean, it's, 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 it's something that God gives. This is not just tradition that just came out in the fourth century. This is something that's based in the good word. Okay. So Jesus is doing it. And so then, so why the heck is, why are, are we as Christians, we follow Jesus. We believe he's the Messiah. So we, we, we walk, talk, act like him. I mean, everything he is, he's, he's the way of life. Why don't we do what he does? So for us, it's just, we talked about this last week. Jesus is the embodiment of the law And for us, um, and and I'm going to now lean on you a little bit too as well, during the Yom Kippur uh, service, or back in the day, back in the day, let's go back to first century practice in the temple, the priest uh, would have bring in two goats. And so I always want to check in with you because sometimes you know as a, as it filters down to Christian theologians, we leave stuff out to help that our narrative, and it's not really true with the Jewish narrative, so then they bring two goats and and one is sacrificed just for that's what's given up to God, and then the other one becomes the one that the sins are laid on and not sacrificed within the temple because that becomes the scapegoat, and that goat is where all the sins of the community are placed on and brought outside and 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 sacrificed and killed okay cool, I want to make sure that this is um, and so for us as christians jesus becomes the sacrificial goat if you will we refer to him as a sacrificial lamb so on the night of passover in the john's gospel um that that is that lamb is sacrificed on the cross so that blood the blood that the scapegoat would normally be to like just that, that that's that's drawn that blood that's shed for the forgiveness of the community, the Jewish community, Uh, for us, we take that as God now saying, now I've put all the sins upon um, my son, or like the God, the God figure, and so now all your sins, so therefore, all your sins are forgiven, Um, but it's something you have to do daily as well, it's not like you just get get out of jail free card, Um, so therefore, because of that, um, Yom Kippur, that would change in a way, where really that whole now comes around Easter, because he gets all the sins on the day of of death on the day of good friday that passover day for us all the sins are laid upon the lamb as like in passover and then that is buried in the tomb and then on the easter there's the resurrection to new life so i'm seeing a correlation between that movement of death and resurrection as to the relationship between rosh hashanah and yom kippur um, and then throwing Passover there as well as obviously, but that, I would say that would be the biggest reason because we're following the life. Jesus's life becomes our journey every year. We live as Episcopalians. We live through his life because we believe his but, life becomes the law. But that's
1: the thing that I guess I guess really for me, um, I'd love a little bit of clarification. If we're <laughs> really looking at Jesus's life, uh-huh. we know we know that he obviously practiced and observed Rosh Hashanah and most impactfully Yom Kippur right? He probably would preach on Yom Kippur, right? His messages of humility and understanding and corruption and, and, you know, be the best person that you can be. And, you know, all the same themes that we use today, if he practiced and observed Yom Kippur, and I I understand what you're saying in terms of Jesus, the embodiment and everything else, and this on the other, but why is it then that Christianity wouldn't take it and say, you know what, if Jesus really took the sins of the world or himself or the sins of God or the sins of you know whom we've harmed in the past and used those major themes and the reconciliation that occurs during Yom Kippur and these ten days of repentance. why wouldn't Christianity say what a cool thing to do why not why not observe it if we're trying to be as authentic to the life? of which jesus lived
0: for us it's a great question because jesus life now becomes the if you guys are watching on our facebook live feed rabbi durbin is dancing right now so all the reason if you ever want to watch our life just subscribe to our or like our appreciation rabbi podcast for us his life becomes the the embodiment of God's call for us and so therefore he becomes the fulfillment of the law and so when you look at the cross and all this is shed that he will be sacrificed um, and lifted up for our sins he becomes a suffering servant for us it's God changing the narrative it's not just a repeat of what was done before Uh, for us it's like now once and forever there's no more sacrificial lamb there's no more goats there's none no more blood is shed this is the finality So it is a completion, a fulfillment of the law. So it doesn't change the game. It's just a continuance of what God has been speaking to us through Hebrew scripture and continues in Jesus to say, okay, now everything comes to this moment. And now it becomes more of a kind of an ethereal, like now you embody it inside of you. Now you, because Jesus will resurrect, but the Jesus will also ascend. He ascends to, to, to the father, but he leaves us with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost a holiday that we got from the Jews. So that that the Holy Spirit now lives within us. And so therefore it is within our hearts. God lives within us, doesn't live in trees, doesn't live in the water, doesn't live up in the sky. Yeah, sure, in the sky. But most importantly is within us. So we have that choice to choose death and life because Jesus, everything you just said, now lives within us. And so now we are dying to Christ every day and living into Christ every day. Um, and it's not just the, obs- the observances are now his life not seasons, they are his life, what happened in his life, because now we are called to be like him. So, and part of the reason too, was probably practicality. Like it did come down to logistics because you had churches or whatever you would call it back then um, filled with Jews and Gentiles. And so you, if you're out there in parts of the Middle East or Greece, you got this guy, Paul, who's desperately trying to figure out how to get these Gentiles on board who are so, they're they're sold on Jesus's narrative. They don't know anything about the Jewish uh, uh, law, nothing. And there's infighting and conflict because they're eating the wrong foods and there's shows of disrespect. I mean, you can imagine the issues. I mean, imagine you and me, I, I've used this hypothetically in our church before. So forgive me if yeah, I didn't ask you if this was okay. But I said, just imagine guys, if Rabbi Derman on his own with his own parish said, you know what? We've been reading scripture and we do think Jesus is the guy. And so we're going to do this with, this is the Messiah. We're going for it. So then we're saying Mary's comes along and says, okay, great. Let's start worshiping together. Your parish is going to be like, your congregation is going to be like, what are you guys doing? Like you're breaking all this tradition, all this law, you're speaking in the wrong language, you're disrespecting God's God's ways, I mean, it would just be a mess, right? It would be a mess, even though that we agree on the same Messiah, it would be a mess. So Paul was desperately trying to do that. And so in the book of Acts, you do see them trying to now make it real simple and simplify, and that's where then the life of Jesus becomes the way, not all the laws and traditions Just follow him, accept him, be forgiven by him and live into resurrected life with him. Um, And so that's where you see that's where a lot of the tradition, Jewish tradition, then from that part gets left behind because it's the life of Jesus and being received by him is the most important part, being saved by him, as our evangelical brothers and sisters will call it. Does that answer your question? No. Why not?
1: I mean because i think i think theoretically i can understand it and intellectually and academically you know I, I i get it but but because these are so important holidays that are biblical in origin that jesus must have followed himself why not have the continuation i mean you can always reinvent and you can always as christianity has done use things in ways that 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 uh, progress in, in in their own ideology, but why not go back to something like this? Because
0: it was redeveloped into. So I would say, like Good Friday, there is tradition, there is observance. Good Friday is in our Lent is really our month of Elul. We get thirty days. The church says forty days to prepare yourselves to get to Good Friday, and just like the Book of Life, when you get to Good Friday, have you prepared your hearts and minds? Because that's Jesus' trip to the cross. So for us, that's like the month of the lul. And so then you have to take the time to reflect and discern all throughout. That's where people give up chocolate. It shouldn't be about the chocolate. It should be about what you were saying about that fasting from something that's going to make you hurt to make you uh, need and humble yourself before God. And to practice all these great things that you were saying, this is the time to talk to your children, your spouse, your neighbor and say, forgive me. Um, I I've, I've missed the mark. And then, so you get to the cross on good Friday. Uh, and and that's you lay it at the cross where jesus is killed because he is the sacrificial lamb everything changes on that day for us it's done there's no more need for a goat to come in so for for so from what i understand with the Jewish tradition every year still until the temple gets destroyed they were still bringing in goats and blood was shed jesus will say that's all been fulfilled in me no more sacrificial no more scapegoat I'm the last it's done and because the guilt now is riding too much on you all. And you guys are living in this guilt. And, and that's the criticism with Catholics. They'll say Catholics but, but are living, living guilt living well, with the guilt's, with guilt's guilt. over huh? But
1: living with guilt. Doesn't it also say that they need to recognize your own infallibility and your own guilt, take ownership and responsibility. And therefore it's incumbent upon you. Don't put it on Jesus, put it on you.
0: Well, how's that working out for humanity?
1: I'll let you know when I see it.
0: Yeah, they live. So when you live with this idea of that this, they're so guilt. You're full of guilt. What does guilt do? It leads you to hate hate yourself. It leads you to then to treat others poorly. It leads you then to think of yourself as not worthy. You're insecure, anxiety, depression, drugs, sex, whatever you want to do to help fill that void. What the Christian faith would say is now fill that void. Humble yourself. Be like an alcoholic and come down and say, "I'm a sinner." I can't do this on my own, but God, you can. So free me from this guilt of sin and help me be resurrected into new life and live into that and know that every time I fall, which will be every day for me, every 13 minutes, 15 minutes, Um, please God make me better so I can repent and shift and just hopefully (laughs) the arrows pointing up and I keep on trying to get towards that place and be like Jesus Uh, but psychologically this would be the psychological argument that if we live into this sin or like our parents sin there's a whole thing in the Hebrew scripture you know about generational sin Jesus said that's done that's over because that's not doing us any favors we're we're just going to be riddled and think that we're Um, uh, to just racked with, with, with bad news because of what some of my parents did. I want you to have new life. The past is done. I want you to be doing new things for my kingdom and walk in love as I love you. Uh, And so that's, that's uh, the theology behind that or the call towards that um, for, for us at least now that gets abused. So that's the thing too, is that I do have an issue personally. I had a guy confront me. I had my collar on. So as you know, uh, you can like go under the radar unless someone you know recognizes your face. I wear this collar, which is great. But sometimes I had guys walk up to me one time and I was at some big public event and they came right up to me. And he was had this big sign that says, Jesus saves. And he must've thought since I'm a mainline, from the mainline denomination that maybe I'm, I'm not fully vetted. <laughs> he said, uh, do you believe right now that jesus saved you from your sin you'll go to heaven and i said i hope so and he said you hope and he haunted me he kept on following me around this whole festival you need to know right now that changes everything for you you need to know for sure that jesus died for your sin and everything he did will lead you to heaven you got to know that for sure and the reason why i was pushing back on this guy is like how's that working out for us i see a lot of arrogance i see christians not being humble because they feel like they got this golden ticket into heaven because Jesus died for them thats that's not what it's about some but isn't
1: that what it, what, in some way to use that example of what of that gentleman of what he said to you in some way I think that it, it 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 opens Pandora's box in some way but by saying are you saying that in some way that Jesus would save me so I can go to heaven I can be whatever I want I have the choice right i I don't know I mean I, I struggle with that I mean you said you said yourself which I think is great right? Use the line in Deuteronomy. God said to Moses, I set before you life and death. Choose life so that you and your descendants shall live. Yeah. Choose life.
0: You have a choice. You do have have a choice choice, and you have a choice as a Christian. I'm just speaking as a Christian. um, This is not me proselytizing to you. (laughs) This is, this is a Christian. We have a choice every day to follow Jesus when I get, what God do I want to worship when I wake up in the morning? God of fear, God of self, I mean, that's the biggest temptation as a Westerner, at least as an American, is to worship ourself, my individuality, who I am, you know, follow me, do me. Um, or am I going to worship a God of love and a God of sacrifice, a God of humility? And for us in Jesus, he came as the son of humbleness to wash our feet. That's the big thing. Like he washed our feet. Come on. So when we act arrogantly or we assume that we're going to heaven, man, humans got to be careful. When we get power in our hands and we're like, I'm saved, you're not that really just we get divisive we get tribalistic we start judging
1: it, it's judgmental you're judging somebody else <laughs> well on that's, that's, you have no knowledge or understanding of
0: that's my pushback on a big part i, call, I consider myself evangelical with a small e not a big e. um so not the political party but more evangelize the word of jesus uh but the temptation with evangelism is you're right like you said the judgment that comes with the saying you're saved you're not forgiven you're not forgiven, and I am. Well, right there in that statement now, you've lost the humility of Jesus. Hum- humility, as you said before, is the key to us following God. And if we don't humble ourselves, I think we're lost. Then we start to, I have the truth, you don't. Now I'm going to miss the truth, because I feel like I got it all made. So now I'm not serving you, I'm not loving you, I'm not humbling myself to you, because it's always with uh, their strings attached. I'm going to love Rabbi Durbin, and we're going to join with their church in the hope that maybe they'll accept Jesus. Right now, I'm doing it for that, as opposed to I'm going to love Rabbi Durbin because a he's a good man, he's a fellow child of God, he's a great dad, uh, and also I'm going to grow and learn so much about being a partnership and being a community as God calls us uh, with 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 everyone, with our neighbors, and hopefully I'll become a better Christian by being a partnership with Temple Beth and Temple Beth will become better Jews for it. Now, if so, what if now Rabbi Durbin, one of your parishioners, came to me and said, "Hey, I'm thinking about becoming a Christian." Yeah, I'll have a conversation, just like I've had prisoners come to you and say, I'm thinking about becoming Jewish. <laughs> so, so it's uh, God, God, God knows what's going on. Um, it's not my job to judge, you know, but uh, so, yeah, so it, it is a juggling match. But we, do
1: you do as as Christians and through Christianity? Do you have a moment? Because although you said, look, I don't judge. Is there a moment where judgment is there? Judgment or- of whom? judgment that non-christians you that jesus judges you
0: absolutely yeah the second coming yeah we're going to be judged so that's why i like your i like i like yom kippur those 10 days because we need a little i don't i don't want to live life by fear i don't want to live life by fear i have done in the past and it's horrible but a little bit of fear will get you out of bed and help you choose the right way to live and so therefore if i know there's a book of life that's closing in 10 days let's get saved <laughs> Or, as, as, as some fundamentals will say, get saved or get burnt. So, there also- is a second coming. I mean, that's scriptural. That's, that is scriptural for us. And I think it's scriptural for you. I mean, well, the second coming, not, but for us, and, and Muslims believe the same thing in the Quran it's Jesus coming back in a cloud, and there is going to be deep judgment. And so, that's not, we don't lead with that in our theology because after a while, as you, as you know, that becomes toxic and fear mongering. It's better to lead with love always. Um, but it does help to say, like, if Jesus showed up today and said, all right, Christian, let's go, which way am I going? that's that helps me that lights a fire into my butt <laughs> so,
1: you know and 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 just to go back a little bit on 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 the yom kippur what we would call please please right the yamim Noraim, the days of awe, Right? we call rosh hashanah by many names okay one of the names that we do call it is yom hadin the day of judgment who's judging well i'm judging myself god judges me right um and 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 there's a part of our service on Rosh Hashanah and certainly on Yom Kippur. We open the doors or the we open our ark. Uh, we have our, our Torahs that are out on display. And we say to God, Avinu malkenu, our father, our king, forgive me for X, Y, and Z. And they're every single year, especially on, on what we call Kol Nidre. Okay. And just just for uh, terminology, Kol Nidre, Kol means all or every. In our context, all, Um, Nidre, Nedair in Hebrew is a vow, all my vows. I'm vowing before God, okay. Um, and every year as I every year as I stand before this open ark, it is the one time of the year where I have to choke back for myself because mm-hmm. it is so emotional and so spiritual that I am not kidding to you know to Charlie in the in the third row, Right. I'm not I'm not catering to my family. I'm catering to myself.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I'm, I am I open my heart to God and say, please forgive me. Seal me for a good life this year. Bless me for a good year. Right. Forgive me for the sin that I have committed. And I think that it's really I mean, it's powerful. It's powerful to stand there in humility. And I think that there's something about the judgment. God judges me this day.
0: Mm hmm.
1: And what I'm saying to God is, forgive me. Mm. Forgive me for what I have done. In some way, it's almost as if, if you've seen the film, right? Defending Your Life, mm. Meryl Streep and. Um, Steve. And. Paul um, Bloom,
0: or what, what's it? No. Um, I don't think
1: it's Mel Brooks. I think it's like. Uh, no, it's
0: great Jewish actor, though.
1: Um, right, where, where, right there. Right um, there. Um, where, where they are defending their life as they wait to go into the... And you can eat
0: whatever you want. That's what I remember from that movie. You get to eat anything you want, and you never get fat. And they have the best food. Uh, that, that was great.
1: Albert Brooks, that's it. Albert, Albert
0: Brooks, Brooks, not Steve. Albert Brooks.
1: Right. So, But there's, there's something there, too, of I stand before these gates, mm-hmm. and I wait. And I I, I I, see who and what I am and what I want to be, right? We're told in our liturgy, right? There are many services to, um, to Yom Kippur, right? We've got calling the Dre in the evening. We have a morning service. We have an afternoon service. We have Yisker, a service of remembering our loved ones who have passed since last High Holy Days, right? But then you get after the afternoon service in Yisker, you get a service called Ni'ilah, and that is the concluding part of Yom Kippur. And that concluding part of Yom Kippur says, even at the very end, the gates of repentance are slowly beginning to close. Which
0: day is that? In that's, 10 days?
1: That's 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 Yom Kippur.
0: Dude, can you add in like a door sound like over when that happens? That will get people, I'm telling you, man, even seekers. You might even get Evan at- Niner producers showing up and be like, dude, I am going to confess my sins to Rabbi. I told Father Christian he has horrible hair and I feel terrible about that
1: but but what it does tell us is that every action and every opportunity that we can make to try and make ourselves for others that it is always open. It doesn't say on Yom Kippur, the gates of repentance are closed. It says the gates of repentance are slowly beginning to close. Oh, so it doesn't they close. End, they close at the end of Neila at the end of the service.
0: so they're closed, they close.
1: At the very end.
0: Okay, so still, have standing. you ever had anyone rush the altar and say, "Let me sneak one in"? Oh, no, <laughs> I'm not. I mean, I'm, sounds ridiculous, but I'm just wondering if anyone has like this consciousness that just like, oh my gosh, I got uh, to whatever the there's, version there's is, there's come to Jesus moment.
1: But there's something also about about it, it, it's it, its approach, right? The service of Neila is where you all stand, right? The ark is open. The ark is left open. Our tradition is when the ark is open, you rise, right? So you're standing for this 45 minute service, give or take, right? That's great. Humble yourself before God. When those gates close, your fate is sealed for this year. But it also says, you know, if we're looking at it time-wise, right? 6.30, the service is going to end at quarter to seven, seven o'clock. Well, I can still make amends and still try and change in some way, 10 minutes before that service, because the gates are slowly beginning to close,
0: so does everyone in the service know that that's what's going on, or can people just get lost in the liturgy and tune out?
1: I, I mean you could you could get lost in the liturgy, but I think the liturgy's pretty the liturgy is is pretty uh specific and pretty clear okay, so let's let's do this.
0: for all of you who are Jewish curious, Jew um, belong as that's not me being weirdo that's actually the website there's one that's called that and i think he's, he's a jewish guy who says you actually you belong whether you are a believer or not check out and hit up the passover services and we are going to put in our show notes here in the podcast uh, where you can go on the temple bet hayam website to watch it now if you're in person here in martin county go and experience this if even if if, if you're if, if you're if you're a non-believer if you're a christian wherever you're at as, as rabbi said, Jesus was a Jew. So therefore go check out young, poor, services, but go and, and have an invitation to lay down your sins, to lay down your sins, seek forgiveness, humble yourself before God, um, our one and loving God who wants, you can take it, who wants to hear because he wants it to come off your chest, the sin. So then you can choose life you can choose the book of life in your every single day you reflect heaven. Do you want to reflect death? Or do you want to? Ref- we all have the choice. We got to humble ourselves. So uh, Rabbi Durbin, what time are your services that are coming up To if people want to check this out?
1: Yeah, so uh, Shabbat tonight, 630 uh, in our temple, nine o'clock tomorrow morning. And on Wednesday evening, services for Kol Nidre for the evening of Yom Kippur will be at 730. Uh, if you do plan on joining us, Please shoot us an email or a phone call to the temple. Uh, RSVP is required because masks, whether you've been vaccinated or not, are required. Phone number.
0: What's uh, the phone number?
1: uh, 772-286-1531. Again. Uh, Say it again. uh, 772-286-1531. And how about the website? 730 on Thursday. uh, Next Thursday will be 9 o'clock family service in our courtyard. 10 o'clock morning service. 3.30 3.30 in the afternoon, the afternoon service, 5 o'clock Yisker, 6 o'clock Ne'ilah, and then we will break with Havdalah at 7 o'clock.
0: All right. That is quite the lineup. That is sounds like uh, March Madness. So check that out. You're going to go to the website for Temple Bat Hayam here in Stewart, Florida. Uh, and uh, we're always here for you, St. Mary's. You can always find our uh, services on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, this is Sunday Day, So we are going to have a taco brunch on Sunday morning. So there's going to be, we're doing the Jerusalem dance. We're also doing a bunch of uh, Sunday school for all ages from zero to 100. So we'll break out different sessions and we also have a big taco brunch. All right. So lots going on in the Judeo Christian world here in Martin County. We love you. God bless you. We are going to see you next Friday here on a priest and a rabbi. God loves you.